السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يذلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال تعالى إنك لعنى خنق عظيم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خنقا وخياركم خياركم لنسائهم أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صنق الله مولانا العظيم وصنق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين most honorable ulama ikram, beloved brothers and elders, all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, our sustainer, our cherisher, our nourisher. Peace and salutations be upon our master, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Indeed, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's kind favor upon us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us from the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, this is not just a statement by which the ulama begin their bayan. No, but rather it's a point of reflection. And like we know the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That any favor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows you with, when you recognize that favor and you show the gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that favor, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases you in that favor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very very clear with regards to, to guidance, with regards to iman, that this is not the choice of an individual, but rather yudillu man yasha wa yahdi man yasha. That guidance and hidayat, this is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the sole discretion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala decides and there's nobody who can alter the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is Allah's kind favor upon us that Allah has made us from the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us take the opportunity of this auspicious occasion of Jumu'ah that we beg of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah keep us with iman, Allah take us with iman, and Allah make it that the last words that ever leave our tongue be, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Ta'ayti karima, which we recited in a khutbah, very famous verses of the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the reality of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us, that indeed for you, laqad kana lakum fi rasoolillah, indeed for you in the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is uswatun hasana that rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the best example now let's just we've heard this uh, verse many times let's just uh, unpack this word uswatun hasana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah says that he is the best of examples hasana is the most beautiful of examples in fact if you look at it, you don't get a better example than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what makes it unique, what makes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so unique, is that when we analyze the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam advocated things and those things were practically in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then we find that never in human history, never in human history and probably it will never ever happen again, that an individual's life is recorded to the extent to which the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is recorded. And Allah's kind favor on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this ummah, not just recorded, but this is why we are indebted to the great scholars, that not just recorded, but authenticatedly, it's authenticated and then recorded. That the scholars are able to tell us what aspects of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam are sound, which aspects of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi has correct chain of narration, etc. So this is what makes the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi so unique. And then we take it one step further in this Uswatun Hasana, what makes it so unique, that not only is the public life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam available to us, but the domestic life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. How Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam conducted his affairs behind closed doors. Even those aspects of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is apparent to us today. Authenticated ahadith, etc. And we find that this is Allah's kind favor on us. That a person can look, a person can analyze, a person can study. And then he can mold his life like how Allah is instructing us in these verses. That indeed for you in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a beautiful example. And brothers, really we are so fortunate in every aspect of human life. In every single aspect of human life. If you're looking for direction, you will find clear direction from the Qur'an and clear direction from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who lived very closely to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they also emulated the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so we just we just presented ourselves very very a very short while ago there was a nikah that was performed and we take the opportunity to discuss from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam few aspects with regards to nikah you know, on, when it comes to any topic or any subject, generally, if you want to take maximum benefit, you look for an authority on the subject. And who better to look at for advice with regards to nikah and marriage than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Look at the beautiful words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, "Khairukum, khairukum li ahli, the best of my ummah, the best of you." You know the same hadith which we know famous where Nabi Sallallahu said, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you is he who recites the Qur'an, he learns the Qur'an, or he teaches the Qur'an. That same word khair is used in this hadith. Nabi Sallallahu said, خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي The best of you, the best of you from my ummah are those people who display the best character, are those people who are the best when it comes to family, when it comes to their wife, when it comes to their children. The one who is the best amongst you would be the one who is best to them. And then look at the statement after that. Allahu Akbar. Rasulullah said, وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي And let me tell you, O oh my companions and O oh Muslims, that I am the best in this regard. There's nobody that can surpass Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam, without a shadow of doubt, is an authority. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an how to live. That live in harmony, live with them in a good way, treat your spouses, treat your wife in a good way. 
And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a practical example for us to look and see, to learn from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam how Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam would deal, how he would interact with his spouses. So you get different portfolios of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today we're discussing Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the husband. How did Nabi alayhi salatu wa sallam carry out his affairs? So the ulama say, that how we understand it to be a sunnah to perform nikah, we say nikah is a sunnah, how we understand that, and we understand it to be a sunnah example to perform salat of tahajjud, person understands it to be a sunnah to fast on a Monday, all the different types of sunnah that we know, to be the best or to make an effort to be the best husband, this is also from the sunnah, of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Nabi sallallahu said, وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي I am the best when it comes to my family. And this was the encouragement that Rasulullah sallallahu gave to us. They say, with regards to marriage, what is the secret to a happy marriage? There's two things, two things which make a marriage happy. Two secrets to a happy marriage. Number one, the wife is always right. And number two, the wife is never wrong. That's just on the lighter side of things. But, if we look at Nabi Sallallahu life and we analyze the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a very beautiful hadith Rasulullah Sallam mentioned. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala is the narrator of the hadith. He says, Su'ila Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi Sallallahu was asked a question, a very pertinent question. That Unabi of Allah tell us, what is the cause of most people entering into Jannah? What would be the reason what would be the reason that would make people enter Jannah? What would be the reason that most of the people who enter into Jannah, what would be the reason behind the entering into Jannah? Tell us. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said two things. He said number one, taqwa. A person who has the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we'll go into that just now. And the second quality Rasulullah said, is a person who has good character. A person who has sound good character. These two things would be the main reasons why people would enter into Jannah. And on the other side of the coin, Rasulullah sallallahu said, he was asked, what would be the reason that people would enter into Jahannam? What would be the reason for most people who enter into Jahannam? Rasulullah sallallahu said two things. He said, al-fam wal-faraj. He said the mouth and the private parts. So we find if you take this hadith and you look at it, actually Rasulullah sallallahu said, not only in our marriage, but in our life, in life in general, whoever will bring these two beautiful qualities alive, and I'm going to show you how it was so prevalent in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To have the taqwa, to have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In essence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, if you see the khutbah which we recite, the khutbah is actually the advices that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would give. Now in our country for example, there is a pre-khutbah talk, because obviously we don't understand the Arabic, we don't understand the Arabic language. So as a pre-khutbah talk, uh, some advices are generally given. But in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or even now if we go to Makkah, etc., you'll see the khutbah is one khutbah in Arabic. Why? Because that was the advices that Rasulullah sallam would give. So you find that khutbah before the nikah as well. This was the advices that Rasulullah sallam would give. And when you look at the khutbah of nikah, there's four verses there. And all the verses start with taqwa, taqwa, taqwa. All these verses are encouraging us that a person should have this quality of taqwa. Now look at the hikmah, the ulama say, why did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mention so many times in the khutbah with regards to verses of taqwa? Because generally affairs of husband and wife are behind closed doors. Generally. It's not very seldom that it's going to be easy to police. 
other aspects of life, there'll be somebody who can watch and see and correct. But when it comes to husband and wife affairs, which are more often than not behind closed doors, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is watching. Everywhere, Allah is watching everywhere. But from the outset of this marriage, from the outset of this union, Rasulullah is reminding us that remember in all your affairs, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the wife and husband are alone, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is present. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is seeing. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is knowing. And Allah who is well aware. So Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, somebody asked a beautiful question. He said, tell us, oh Hazrat Aisha, tell us about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What was the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the house? How did he carry out his affairs? How beautiful is our deen? That we today can open up the books of hadith, we can open up the books of seerah, and we can get an understanding of the manner in which Rasulullah would carry out his affairs. She says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at home he would find he was like any other ordinary person who would carry out his affairs in that way, meaning he never uh, demanded that now I have a certain position and you know, honor my position, etc. No, meaning he carried on like a normal person, like a husband would carry on. And then she says, but there was one difference. The difference was, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكرم الناس ألين الناس تحاكا بساما She said, you find Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم was the most noblest of people. You wouldn't get a person more noble than Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. She said, Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم in the home, he was ألين الناس. Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم was very very compassionate. He was very very soft. She says, Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم was ضحاكا always smiling, Pasaman, always happy, that Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam created a sense of happiness around himself. So you find that this is the, the manner in which a man ought to carry out his affairs. When he goes home, when he enters the home, he makes salam. Quran tells us when you enter the home and you make salam, this is a means of barakah. And a person enters the home, he makes salam, he's taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As-salam is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So already he's creating a sense of peace, a sense of tranquility. And then he comes into the home happily smiling. He creates that happy environment. He sits with his wife, he sits with his children. This was the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Just to digress a little bit, the hadith of Rasulullah sallam teaches us, and I mention this at every opportunity that we have to perform a nikah, I mention this. It seems like a small sunnah, no sunnah is small. Every sunnah is extremely weighty. Because the sunnah is that which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes in life, we tend to focus on big things, and then we get nowhere. But the person starts with the outwardly smaller things in life, he builds on it, and you find that becomes the means of his success. So when we enter the home and we make salam, we're taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned in the hadith, that when the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taken, in any home, then the shaitan says to his fellow shayateen, that in this home we can't stay. Yeah, it's not possible for us to stay. Because in this house, they take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you partake of meals. When you partake of meals, you say, Bismillahi ala barakatillah, Bismillahi wa barakatillah. Taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you're saying with the barakah and the blessings of Allah, we're partaking of this food. Just by taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam tells us that the shayateen say to his fellow shayateen, that in this house we can't even partake of the meals. There's no place for us to stay here. Neither is there any meals for us. Because these people take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't regard this as something small. We enter the home, make salam. We sit to eat. 
take, say Bismillah, we finish eating, recite the du'as. Rasulullah wasallam did this to teach us and show us that a person continuously keeps his attention focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That all of these things, these are the great favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. We find in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defines for us, الرِّجَالُ قَوَّامُونَ عَلَى النِّسَاءِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that a man is a protector of a woman. Allah ta'ala has given man and woman different roles. Each one plays, there's no thing of equal rights and equality and that's not a topic for another day. But, Quran defines different roles for each person. So there's a role for the male in the house to play and there is a role for a husband, for the wife to play as well. So for us, the important thing is to understand this, this word qawwamun, the ulama tell us, there's different interpretations and meanings that we can take from it, but all come to one thing. That Allah has made a man responsible for the woman. Allah has made a man a protector for the woman. Allah has made, made the man a guardian for the woman. In which sense? Just very simply. Number one, in terms of finance. If you take it, our deen is so beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put the financial responsibility solely and only on the shoulder of the man. Which means there is no financial responsibility on the woman at all. This is what makes our deen so beautiful and so unique. Brothers, understand this under this verse, وَعَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That Allah Ta'ala commands us to deal with our woman in a very kind way. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib writes in Ma'arif Al-Quran that prior to this verse being revealed and prior to Islam and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you have to study human life, you will see that women were mere objects. They were just objects who had no say. They had no. Uh, they weren't even given the permission in their societies to own property, etc. But it is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who came with the pure deen, who came with this beautiful Sharia, who gave women their rights, who gave men their rights, who gave children their rights. Rasulullah Sallam and the deen even gave rights to the animals. Allahu Akbar. Our deen is so beautiful and so pure. That even an animal, even a horse, even a donkey, the riwayat are there, plenty, could come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and complain against the master. Even that was found in our sharia. So this, this aspect of our deen is actually to, Allah Ta'ala explains this to us, that give women honor, honor them. And this is what our deen teaches us. So when Allah Ta'ala says, Ar-Rijal al-Qawwamun, as we said, number one, the first is, that it is a man's responsibility. And actually if you look at it and you take it in society, when, a, when the society has it such that when a child comes home from school and there is a motherly figure there to see to the needs, to see to the, uh, the food, and then prepare them to go to the madrasa in the afternoon, etc. Then generally you find this adds and it brings stability within the home. That's not our topic, so we're not going into that for now. But we're just touching on it a little bit and moving on. So that's the first aspect. You find even in, in, even in inheritance, the question is asked, how come a man earns double, or a man will inherit double of what a woman gets? Very, very simple. The answer is again, because that what she gets is going to be hers. When a man inherits, all the dependents will still be under his responsibility. So a man will still have to see to uh, his wife and his mother and his grandmother and, and the rest of the family. That is the responsibility of the man. So Allah Taala has made a man responsible. The second aspect is that Allah Taala has made a man responsible for the emotional support and emotional strength for a woman. And we find that this is, uh, this is amongst the beautiful ways of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa as well. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would give this 
support to his wives. That they would understand and they would say, they were able to speak to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as husband and wife. All, when it came to the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they could draw that moral support, they could draw that strength from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is a role which a man would play and you find, um, how will he define this? Understand it like this, that men and women, they say generally we wired very, very differently. We wired very differently. A man, more often than not, his way is solution or a problem. There's a solution, that's it, game over and finish. So you come to work every day, whoever is there, they'll tell you, okay, these are our issues. You look at it, you tell him, okay, right, this, 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 that, tick the boxes, sort it out. Women, they are a bit different, they wire it differently. They want to hear some words of kindness, they want to hear some words of compassion. Sometimes they just want you to be an ear for them. They don't necessarily want you to give them a solution. So example, you'll come home all tired or whatever it is. And uh, now, you know, I always mention this. Now that uh, bayans and all are all recorded, let me just be very, very clear. This is just an example. Not necessarily my own, but it's just an example. So you know, you'll come home and she'll start and she'll give you the whole bayan about this happened and the domestic did that and you know, and I'm tired of telling her. And So you'll sit down there, you heard the whole story in two, two, okay, you know what, get rid of her, that's it, get another one. And then she's now even more cross. Now you think, but I solved your problem. I, I, for them it's not about solving the problem, they didn't want you to solve them, they just wanted you to be an ear. So this is that emotional strength that a man renders to his wife. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you'll find that they would complain to him sometimes, I have a headache. He would say, well, wow, I also got a headache. And they were able to talk to Rasulullah sallam in this manner, and Nabi sallallahu would be that emotional strength. And Quran teaches us this here, that, قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُدُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ قُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغُدُدَّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ So, what does this teach us? Allah tells us that, guard your eyesight. A man who guards his eyesight in essence, when he's married, is giving his wife reassurance that I have eyes only for you. And there's no better reassurance that you can give to your wife, no better or more uh, you know, emotional strength that you can, get, you can give to her that she knows, that my husband's eyes is reserved only for myself. And the third aspect the ulama tell us is, that to keep a woman emotionally strong, a man should never at any stage threaten her with divorce. Never. We know that it is the right of the man to give the divorce. A woman should never live under this threat, that if I make this mistake, I'm going to get divorced. If I, no. That should never ever be that type of an environment. But rather an environment that Rasulullah taught us was, that you do talim, you sit them down, if there is anything, and if there is anything to be corrected, this all falls under this ambit of emotional strength, then the golden rule is, we correct it in a beautiful manner, correct it in a quiet manner, correct it behind closed doors, that even the children should never know that there is uh, some sort of correction taking place between husband and wife. And when this is done, this creates stability within the home. And the third aspect we draw from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu was that Nabi sallallahu taught the ummah that you have to show affection for your wife. You have to show affection for your spouse both ways. Husband to show affection for the wife and the wife to show affection for the husband. Now look at this beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he asks Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a very pertinent question. 
He asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam appoints him as the Amir of a particular army that was going out in, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So obviously there was a close interaction. And one of the beautiful qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may Allah bless us with these qualities as well. Whoever came into contact with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he felt that I'm the closest to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I enjoy the best relationship with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so as Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As, he asked the question, he says, O Nabi of Allah, Man ahabbu nasi ilayk? Who is the most beloved to you? Who is the person that you love the most? And the answer of Rasulullah shocked everybody, not so much because of who it was, but the manner in which Nabi Sallallahu gave the answer. He gave the answer at the time where it was taboo to express your love. Nabi Sallallahu said, Aisha, my wife Aisha, I love her the most. She's the most beloved to me. So quickly he said, from inner rijal, no, no, from, and from the men, who is the most beloved? Rasulullah said, Abuha, Aisha's father, Abu Bakr. So Rasulullah would, would show this affection. He would express this love. Yeah, he said it so openly that the most beloved to me is Aisha radiallahu anha. Aisha says, one day in Masjid al-Nabawi, some of the sahaba were training. So Nabi Sallallahu allowed her to stand on the thigh of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and look through a curtain and just see they were busy with spears etc. So the narration is there, she mentions it in her own words. She says, Nabi Sallallahu asked me, Aisha, Hal Aisha you saw enough, you had enough, you still want to see, are you? She said, I said to Rasulullah Sallallahu no, I'm not done. I, I, I haven't seen enough. I'm still seeing, I'm still enjoying myself. And then she says, I did this. I wanted to test Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I wanted to see how much does he really love me. She says, and I continued standing and I continued watching. And she said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the only thing he did very, very casually, without causing any harm or any complaint, he casually changed his posture a little bit. He moved from one side to the other and he continued and he allowed me to continue watching. She says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so affectionate. He would show us such affection. She said that when we would drink water, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would take his lips and where I would drink, where I would place my lips as Aisha Allah is saying, on that very spot Rasulullah sallam would take the glass and he would drink water or whatever the drink was and he would place his lips on that very spot. She said that sometimes when we would eat a piece of meat and we would pass the meat, the piece of meat over as well, where I would just eaten from at that very place Nabi sallallahu would eat from. So we find that to show affection to express one's love for one another. This only increases uh, muhabba, it increases uh, you know, uh, that love within the home. And another aspect that the ulama tell us is to show appreciation, to be appreciative. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Aisha Rana mentions as well, she said that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never ever forgot, he would always mention Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala. And she said, that sometimes Nabi Sallallahu would mention Hazrat Khadija so much that we would say to him, it seems as if though there was no other woman besides Khadija. And then Nabi Sallallahu mentioned this, he said the statement to her. He said, oh Aisha, leave my Khadija because she stood firm with me, she supported me. When everyone else turned their back, when everyone else turned their back against me, that is the time when Aisha stood firm with me. Brothers, this is the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's not the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to forget the ihsan. How many times we see a woman gives the best years of her life. 
She gives the best years of her life. She builds you, she helps you, she builds the empire. And then towards the end, all the good that she's done is forgotten. No, this is not the way. As Aisha says, Nabi Sallallahu would be so appreciative of Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, that even to the friends and the family of Hazrat Khadija, Nabi Sallallahu would never ever leave them out. If you would slaughter an animal, some portion of the meat, he would say, send us, send us to the family. Or send us to the friends of Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. This was the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was that pillar of strength. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes down from the cave, and he is, you know, he experienced the wahi for the very first time. She covers Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and she gives Nabi sallallahu some strength and support. And she says to him, don't worry. Kalla wallahi la Allahu abada. Allah ta'ala will never ever disappoint you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never ever put you in this type of a position. Don't worry, don't lose hope. And Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala gives strength. They say the first person after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to recite the shahada was Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never ever forgot that. She was the mother of the children of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Throughout, he always remembered this. So we find that this is the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah advises us like this. That a man, he should play this role. And Rabbi Sal mentions to us in the hadith as well, that kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi. Every one of you is a shepherd, and you will most certainly be questioned with regards to his flock. So in a nutshell, Allah has given us this responsibility. How we can make an effort at home to make the environment at home, an environment of goodness, an environment of happiness, an environment of comfort, few important things to do. Number one, as the father, this is now the need of the hour. That every one of us make an effort that there is a 100% musalli rate in our own house. And from there it then spreads to the next house and the next house and the community. But in each home, if every father takes this responsibility, then in my home, every person in my home, my sons are coming with me to the masjid, my daughters and my wives at home, as soon as the adhan goes, or when the time comes and they are reading salah. And the second aspect is to have some talim in the home. What better than to recite the words of Allah and the words of Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When there will be talim in the home, when we will recite the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this will bring happiness, this will bring joy, this will bring comfort to the home. So we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless this nikah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of our homes. May Allah ta'ala fill each and every home with love, with mahabbah. And may Allah give us the tawfiq to implement and bring the beautiful way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within our lives. Remember brothers, there is no way more accepted and more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah.